Welcome to another episode of Amrick's Weekly here where we discuss the latest with the Buffalo Sabres minor league affiliate Rochester Americans. I am your co-host for this little episode here and as always I am joined by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrick's. Keith, how's everything going this morning? Hey, hey, good morning Chad. Things are, things are going well after yesterday. We had a winning games and both teams and exciting wins and compared to the day, you know, previous games. So can't complain when that happens. Right. Yeah. Compared to with the two teams combined, we had wins that totaled 13 to three. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take that kind of afternoon, right? Insert the joke about it. See if they score more than the bills do today. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, Nathan Peterman game. Let's, let's just not talk about that here. Well, I'm going to pretend right. that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly move on. Yeah. Those were, uh, Things are going well on, on our end, and things are going well for the Sabres. So, we'll uh, keep hopefully they keep going in this direction. Yeah. So, where I kind of want to start this week here is, you know, the way I kind of do it is I don't like to kind of, I guess you can make concrete judgments on any team until they're at the quarter mark of the season. Um, we're kind of getting there for both teams. But what I'm going to do here is I'm going to try to see if I can get a concrete judgment out of you here for the Amrix. So, they're 8 3 and 1, 17 points here so far. And you know, 12 games in, so they're still pretty short of the quarter mark. But first place in the North Division, they have a two-point lead on Cleveland. So do you think, in your opinion, that this should be a definite playoff team that borders on a Calder Cup contender, perhaps? Or do you think that's still a little ahead of the game and we're just going to say there should be a playoff team at this point? You know what? They're they're definitely a playoff team, and they have to be a, a Calder Cup contender. And that's not just me saying that. When the you know it's easy for us to say predict the future of hey, the team's going to do well, they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to be a contender. Um, just from day one, though, but Randy Sexton, Chris Taylor, players, the plan is hey, they're going to be an elite playoff team. So when management and coaches and players all set that goal, you know what? We have to stick by that, and you know, expect that's going to be the that's going to be the goal. Um, you know, the plan was to be an elite playoff team. So if they think they are, you know what, we have to hold them to that standard. There's a, there's no other way to think about it, in my opinion. And the way the season has started so far, they're they're doing that. Um, you know, they've, they've had some rough times, just like every team will. But you know, right now they're top of the North Division. They're scoring goals. They're winning games. They're Finding ways to win. They've had two comeback wins, you know, in the last four games. So, you know, like you said, leading up to this week, Cleveland so far is at the top of the North Division. Looks like they might be another good team. So, 
it's going to be their first probably big test. Um, you know, we can ignore the first two games of the season. You know, as it turns out, Charlotte is the top team in the league, so they came ready to play. So we'll just ignore those games and hey, look towards Cleveland on Wednesday. And you know, I think this will be their first big test to see how they are as a team right now. So is there something that you think? I guess that's kind of asking me for one thing here. Is there is there one thing in your mind right now looking at this team that you think is going to hold them back, you know, if it's goaltending or if it's there's defensive issues still or, or not enough depth? Is there one thing that you think could hold them back and maybe could use some work? Maybe it's making a trade near the deadline that Bottle could do or just something that needs to improve for this team? I think it's going to be down to consistency is going to be their, their biggest issue. And that, that could be, be said for – for any team or right. any player, yep. um, you know, I'll just use CJ Smith as an example. You know, he had, I think he went, you know, he scored two goals in the last four games, which I guess you really see two goals in the last three games. Prior to that, he didn't score a goal. And then it goes five games. Um, you know, I look back to last season, CJ Smith had streaks of nine, seven and 10 games where he didn't score a goal. You know, he's just singling him out, but then there's also players like, you know, wondering where Gooley is. Um, we're going to go back to our old pal, Nylander. He started out having a pretty good start, and all of a sudden he's back to his old ways. Hmm. Doesn't really make a difference right now because the depth is picking up. You know, you have Zach Redmond scoring goals. Kevin Porter stepped up. Um, last night, Dalton Smith even scored a goal. And probably a lot of people may say, who the hell is Dalton Smith? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but that's going to be where the depth comes into play. That's going to carry them. But to believe that, you know, elite playoff team you need your top players to to score goals to lead the way um you know victor olsen has been you know obviously the you know player of the month league leader yeah but he just had a four goal four game span where he didn't score a goal does that mean they're playing bad no but when you expect your top players to be scoring goals you want them to be consistent and i think that's going to be the one thing that may you know it's going to be their speed bump um, last year compared to last year, you know, the rosters are a lot different, but that kind of happened to them there as well, where all of a sudden they had streaky times. And then once time came time for the playoffs, not everybody was ready to play. And it also cost them against a good Syracuse team. Yeah. I and mean, those are some good points. I mean, that's kind of the thing that I think at least you'll get in the beginning here. You know, we talk about the consistency, you know, Olofsson, Pilot, uh, Nylander seems like a very up and down player. And, you know, Smith, like I said, seems like a streaky scorer. And, it seems like there's, I mean, like you said, the consistency seems like the good thing with the top guys, but the other flip side of it is it could be a good thing that they have depth this year to, you know, stand up for those guys. You know, here in Buffalo, I'm way, I'm dreading the day that Hominville, Skinner, and Eichel cool down because I'm not sure at the NHL level the Sabres have the depth to be able to survive that. Where, you know, yesterday they didn't get a lot of, they didn't get much of anything from their big guys. I mean, I know Redmond had two goals and he's one of their bigger guys, but. Like you said, you know, you had some secondary guys scoring goals and they won a game four to one still. So I think that depth is good for them. But, you know, I, I definitely could see, you know, with the youth and with so many guys getting used to playing um, in the AHL that are important key players for them, you know, it's definitely easy to see that the consistency, at least in the beginning, you know, could be an issue for them, if not for half or three quarters of the season. Right, exactly. You know, if we get to the halfway point of the season and, you know, we're back to talking about, you know, Olsen or Smith or Gooley and Neeland are all of a sudden having these gaps of games where they're not doing anything, you know, that that's going to be in the long run. You know, just starting out in the first quarter of the season, having these games, not that big of a 
not that big of a deal. You know, in the AHL, we have the benefit of having this depth where we can have, you know, as many people on the roster, as many people on the, right. you know, practicing. And, you know, it's paid off. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, like you said, Dalton Swiss scored a goal. Um, one of the better players on the ice in terms of creating pressure has been Eric Cornell. You know, he hasn't scored anything, but he's playing a role in that. Um, you know, Justin Bailey, good to mention him. He hasn't scored a goal yet in 11 games a season played. The guy that scored 20, goal, 20 goals before in a season. Um, you know, but they've guys stepping in. Um, you know, Yannick Bayou is another guy that most, you know, he's not an NHL contract, but he's a depth player and he's a physical player. He's even scored a goal. Um, you know, and he's stepping in. Um, thankfully, we have Sean Malone should be back in the lineup probably within the next week. And, you know, considering the Amherst have the record they do without Sean Malone, who was a key player last year, he's going to be a, a big help. Um, you know, and it's also worth noting the last three games we've missed uh, Kyle Criscolo. So still winning games, and those are some big names that aren't performing, and they're still winning. Yeah, so you, you mentioned the one guy. Kind of where I'm going to go this week, you know, we always – Recently, we've talked about Olofsson and Pilot and the big guys and Nylander, and, you know, we kind of had a feel of kind of how they're going around this season. So I'm going to kind of shift the focus maybe to some secondary guys, you know, today. And, you know, the first one of the guys on my list here I was going to ask you about is Bailey, who you just mentioned, you know, three points, no goals. And for me, he's a guy who kind of image in my head is just sliding down the ladder here and getting closer and closer and closer to being labeled a career AHL player. I just, I, I feel like, you know, I, I said going into training camp that this was Bailey and Baptiste's last chance, Baptiste longer in the organization, and I feel like Bailey is falling way, way, way behind the other forwards that you know, are, are competing to, you know, to be call-ups or future players on the Sabres roster. Yeah, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be the case. Um, you know, Bailey does do a great job on the penalty kill. Um, you know, that is one of the player, you know, ways he contributes a lot. Uh, penalty kills started out rough this season, and they've gotten a lot better. Meanwhile, the power of play has kind of slid, but that—that's exactly it. Um, you know, there's—we always talked about later on. You know, who's going to—you know—who be the first player to call up? And you know, Bailey hasn't even been on that list, right? You know, whether he's—you know—I'm not really sure. I haven't asked about it yet, but it'd be a good thing to bring up. You know, speak to maybe ask. You know, what their plan is for Bailey, or what they're trying to do with them? Are they trying to? just to help him be that, you know, third or fourth line defensive guy and, you know, improve those skills to try to maybe find his way into the NHL that way? Or is he just not performing? And, you know, and hey, if, if, if it turns out he's going to be a career HL or, you know, that's a disappointment for obviously the Sabres and trying to develop someone. Yep. You know, but as a player, hey, he can still make a six-figure salary and, you know, maybe he could turn around and be that goal scorer and, you know, be aligned mate, with, you know, somebody else and help them guide the way. Um, you know, the thing that doesn't help is he's back the last few games. He is playing on a line with, you know, Olsen Asplund and still hasn't done anything. Um, hmm. You know, yeah, obviously we know what Olsen has done. So I don't know if that's, is that an indication on Bailey or is that an indication that he's taking that line down because those guys haven't done anything either the last few games. Right. But yeah, the time is definitely running, definitely running short on on Bailey. And uh, you know, as it turns out, you look at Baptiste. He, you know, I kind of looked at what he's done in Milwaukee, and he had a quick start getting like three goals in the first five games, but he's only had one goal in the last, I think, eight or nine. So, you know, it's he really hasn't done much in 
you know, over in Milwaukee either. So it's, you know, they're kind of both the same, same direction. So one of the guys I was going to ask you about, you mentioned, uh, and you know, that's Rasmus Asplund. You know, we have Olofsson who came over from, came over from Sweden is doing well. Pilot came over from Sweden. He's doing well. But I think the difference is, you know, with Asplund here is he's a 19 year old. He only has one assist so far this season where Olofsson is 23, Pilot is 22. So they have a little bit more experience, uh, playing in the pro league in Sweden where Asplund looks to be, you know, I haven't watched the games, but at least from a production point mm. standpoint, he's not giving you much, but I don't know, maybe he's giving you more in other areas of the game, but how's, how's Asplund's first 12 of the game, 12 games of the season gone? Yeah, you know, it's, I, w- I wish the stat, AHL had better stats. Um, you know, obviously the only th- stats we have are goals, assists, shots, penalty minutes, plus yeah, minus. It's right, really, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of tough to say, you know, it'd be great if we saw face-off wins because by the eye, just watching the game, he does really well on faceoffs, you know, so that, that is a big area of the game. Um, you know, he does work hard in the corners. He does work hard battling for pucks. He does work hard, you know, creating, getting the puck loose to create chances. Um, so by the eye test, he isn't doing bad. Um, you always have to start off by saying we all know what plus and minus is. It's an old stat that doesn't mean a heck of a lot. Right. But in the AHL where with all we have, it's a good basis point to start. You know, he's second on the team with a plus six. Hmm. Um, you know, pilot, pilot is a plus 11. You know, we know all know pilot. We talked about him for a while. You know, but the fact that Asplin is a plus six and only has one assist, it shows he's being, you know, he's contributing. You know, he's not touching the puck and getting that assist or, you know, the goals on the score sheet, but he's getting that in some way. You know, and that's not just by being lucky on a line with Olsen. You know, if Olsen wasn't having all the goals, you know, then see where is that coming from? But, you know, that, that's a good sign that, hey, he is, you know, he's contributing. He's doing something out there to try to put, you know, put it into words is kind of kind of tough without watching him in every game. But if you – I'll compare him to Colin Blackwell last year with the Amherst where, you know, start of the year he was just kind of getting by. Nobody really knew who he was. Asplin, we all know who he is because of the name. By the end of the season, Colin Blackwell was one of the team's best contributors, best you know leader in the points, and he was the reason they were winning games. So I think the goal is kind of see where Asplund goes and see you know if he just finds his way and whether or not he's a goal scorer or is he just that guy winning faceoffs and getting the puck to you know Olsen or Pilot and getting the goal scored. You know that's still a big contribution they have to play rolling. Yeah, that kind of sounds a little bit like. You know, what we're seeing with middle setup here where we have the advantage in all those advanced stats and that kind of thing. And of course, you know, we can point to that as one of the reasons why middle stat is fine. You know, the points aren't coming, but you know, he's, he's definitely contributing in other ways. And, you know, so that's promising to hear that at least he's, you know, he's on the ice for gold. He's, he's contributing. He's being at least effective in auto spot there. So that, you know, that that's, that's the good news on him. The other guy uh, who I guess got off to a slow start, who is kind of picking it up now. I've seen the last couple of games and that's Danny O'Regan. You know, he's the guy who kind of has the highlight on him in a way from the Evander Kane trade. You know, he's the, besides that first round pick now, he's the other piece in that deal. So how, how do you think he's done here recently? And, you know, I'm kind of curious if maybe after that, if your opinion, if you want to give it, do you think he's a guy who has NHL potential or is he just one of those guys that is a borderline NHL guy who primarily is going to play in the AHL? He, excuse me, he's got the, you look at some of the goals that O'Regan has scored. He's got a, a lethal shot. Just you Yeah, know, he does. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, 
Yeah, he's right up there with Olsen and C.J. Smith. You know, he's he has five goals. C.J. Smith is five. Olsen is six. So he's right up there. Um, you know, the role he's going to play is, you know, it's it's tough to say. Um, you know, he is playing well. He is a team leader. He is the, you know, he does. he's not as flashy as the C.J. Smith or Olsen. You know, he's one of the guys that he can score a goal if you give him a chance. Um, you know, where does he fall into the, you know, as far as the NHL goes? You know, it seems like his speed may be the issue. But if you're finding ways to score goals and you're you're playing against other top teams, you know, he's, he's got the potential. Um, you know, he's got the age going for him. He knows what he's doing. Um, you know, it's it's tough to say because of the way he's, you know, he was a player brought in in the trade. He's not a player they're looking to, you know, Olsen is a draft pick. Um, you know, C.J. Smith, they brought in this nurture him along. Right. You know, kind of seems like guys that get acquired in trade kind of fall down the charts just by the way they're brought in. You know, but he's a he's a college graduate. He fits the mold of what Botterill likes in a player. And, Correct. you know, if he keeps performing, he's on a consistent basis. It goes back to how we started where you're contributing on a consistent basis. And O'Regan has been. You know, that, that looks a lot better than you know, going through dry spells. Right. Yeah. No, good points there. So two games this week, uh, like I said, they're eight, three and one here heading into two games. The game against Cleveland, you already mentioned that's actually in Buffalo on Wednesday. So they'll be playing at key bank center. So that'd be kind of interesting for fans and it'll be an important game with Cleveland just sitting two points back behind the Amherst right now. And then they have Syracuse on Friday. So looking ahead to these two games, pretty important divisional games here, I would say. Oh, absolutely. And as we talked about, Cleveland is going to be the going to be the biggest game. Um, Syracuse has struggled, but you can never count out Syracuse early on. Um, divisional games are obviously big, and no matter where you are with the points and the standings, because you know you get the points now and you're comfortable in the standings. If you have that midseason slump, you're you're in a better spot than you would be trying to play catch up. Um, I'm not too familiar with Cleveland yet as a team. Haven't had a chance to watch them or read much about them, but obviously when you look at them in the standings, they're they're right up top. Um, thankfully, the Amherst are on a good streak, just like uh, you know Cleveland has been. So uh, you know to be a good game in in Buffalo, and how that goes in Buffalo is is always up for debate here in Rochester. Um, it's kind of wondering why they have the game there, uh, considering the crowds are never that good. Right, yeah. but you know, <laughs> players and management seem to like it, and you know, it, you know, maybe gives them that extra shot of say, hey, here's where you know, here's where these guys want to be, you know, keep playing well and find your way here. So I, I think that's always been the intention of it, and you know, it's really not on ticket sales. Um, as far as tickets sold, there's always numbers announced for massive numbers for the game, um, but hopefully, it gives some of these guys motivation. Be like, hey, here's where you want to be keep working at it and get here and don't ever leave. Yeah. I think part of it too has always been, you know, the Buffalo fans, they don't get a good look at Rochester, you know, but with the AHL TV this year being much better and more, I guess you can say affordable, that's kind of different this season. So I, I think that's always been the goal, at least to give fans, you know, a one or two game look for those who can't see the Amherst. So to see some of those young prospects, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's never a big crowd or anything, but, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's cool for some of those guys who may never get the opportunity to play in NHL ranks to have that chance. So, you know, that's, I guess you can say the cool part for it. I guess that's, it goes both ways for both teams too. 
Yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it is some of these guys that are on AHL contracts and will be, and you know, that's a great career choice, you know, to play on the big, big rink like that, the big building. Yeah. That is a good opportunity where they may never get the chance again. And, you know, kind of give extra motivation to some of these other guys to, to keep working towards it. So yeah, it's a good experience for all of them. They speak highly of it and, you know, it is what it is. And right. hopefully they, uh, they, they come back with a big win against Cleveland and, you know, make the game even better. So we'll end the way we usually end here. Botterwell's calling down to Rochester tomorrow. He needs a forward and a defenseman. Who are the two, who's the one forward and one defenseman that you're sending out? You know, I'll mention one forward that it's not going to be. And that's, uh, somebody I've mentioned in previous weeks and that's Alex Nylander. Um, was really quick. I don't know, you know, in case somebody doesn't read or follow along online, um, Nylander was benched on Friday night in the third period. Uh, he, only had two shifts. he only had two shifts that were, le- I went back and watched the game that are less than a minute in time. Um, his second shift ended at 15, with 15 minutes left in the third period, and he didn't touch the ace again. Hmm. Um, he, there was, he just, he's back to the way he was last year, just kind of coasting around and, you know, he missed an assignment on a goal on a faceoff that cost a goal against, and he ended up sitting on the bench. But moving beyond him, so that's somebody to watch for as far as, you know, somebody we've spoken highly of through 11 games, 12 games. Um, I would say right now the player to call up is C.J. Smith. Um, he had a big assist on a shorthanded goal again yesterday by Kevin Porter. Um, he's got two shorthanded goals on the year. He's got a lethal shot. He's skating hard. He's physical in the corners. He's he's kind of doing he's a full package. So CJ Smith is definitely back to the top of the you know top of the list as far as the call up and a forward goes. And on defense, um, <clears throat> gonna kind of start the same way I did with forward player. It's not gonna be as ghouly. Okay. Um, he is somebody again that just the last few games kind of wondering where his game has went. Um, you know, he had two goals and then all of a sudden he's just kind of coasting around. Um, he's been on the power play, really didn't do too much. You know, and he's not that smooth, fast skating ghoulie that was scoring goals last year. Mm-hmm. So why that is, you know, remains to be seen, but we'll see how the game goes. And, you know, the player to call up is Lawrence Pilot. There's right, yeah. no doubt about that. <laughs> I wasn't. I was. I was expecting that, so I'm not surprised by that. One. <laughs> yeah, I, he's. That's why I can add on. You know, just talk a little bit about Gooley and say, hey, here's. You know, I, you know, you want him to play well, but he isn't. Um, Pilot again, full package. Um, you know, the last four games since we last talked, I think Pilot has had five assists. Um, you know, he had three in one game against Utica, and you know, he's just yeah, he's. He's everything you wanted to be in a defenseman. And I think, uh, you know, Zach Redman, who's leading the league in Beethoven's best defenseman, no doubt. Mm-hmm. He made a comment about Pilot just saying, you know, he's the, he's the full package. He's the, uh, you know, new age NHL defenseman. He's got the speed, got the shot, knows the game. He's not a, you know, knows how to use his body, stick, positioning. Yeah, he's the full package. And, you know, when I saw that Darlene went down injured yesterday, the first thought was, Ah, uh, <laughs> they're, they're going to take him. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll find out. Uh, you know, find out what the goal is. But yeah, there, there's. If anybody hasn't watched the Amherst games or you know hasn't seen them, there's 
gets the games to see Olsen, but you get to see, you know, watch a pilot. He just makes everything look so easy. Yeah, I mean, that that's, you know, that's only going to inflate the pilot hype up here, you know, so the fans listen to this. So we'll be, I'm sure we'll hear more calls for pilot. But the good thing is for Amherst fans, it sounds like Dalene's going to be okay and that he's probably going to play today. So that's, so maybe the Sabres aren't going to swipe pilot from Rochester quite yet. But, uh, right. But it, I think <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. It's only a matter of time, I think, there. You know, and it's, there's always a debate of, you know, we've joked about it of taking our players, taking those players. And, right, right. You know, <laughs> when the time comes that Pilot has to make the jump, you know, we have Zach Redman, league leading scorer, uh, you know, and defenseman. But, you know, there's also Taylor Fuduna sitting out. Um, you know, Brandon Hickey played last night and played a great game. Um, you know, we still have him in the lineup. Um, Jack Gordy has been out injured. So he still hasn't played. So, yep. you know, and then there's our 10th defenseman is Nathan Page, who can still play in the league. You know, so there, there's depth to make up for when it eventually happens. And Pilot deserves it. And, you know, if that comes to be the day, it's, it's going to be, you know, hit to applaud for the kid. Not going to be, uh, not going to hurt the team. So that is Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrix.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Let's Go Amrix. Uh, Keith, man, I appreciate you coming out again and giving some great insight as usual. Uh, best of luck to you and the Amrix this week. And then we'll talk again next weekend and hopefully have some better reports on a few guys and some continued great reports. But, you know, right now, Sabres seem happy, Amrix seem happy, and that's, that's always a good thing. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've uh, a line that Chris Taylor says all the time. You know, individual success follows team success. So if the the team is winning, you know, they're these other guys are going to find their game, and they'll find that individual success as the team wins. And same probably goes for any team anywhere. So we'll we'll talk next week, and hopefully have some good reports again. All right, man. Again, I think appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll definitely talk soon. All right, have a good one, Chad. Thank you very much.